afternoon. My name is Drew Bond, and I'm the president and CEO of C3 Solutions. Uh, we're really happy to have you here today. I'm hosting this Tech Voices with uh, my new friend, Rob Niven, who's the CEO of Carbon Cure Technologies. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, and, uh, and we're going to hear a lot from him in terms of his company and what they're up to. But before, before we do that, if you come across this interview, just want to give you a little bit of background of us uh, C3 Solutions is a nonprofit educational organization. So we're dedicated to promoting free market solutions to our world's greatest climate, energy, and environment challenges. You can learn more about us at c3solutions.org, or you can subscribe to our free online news magazine at c3newsmag.com. Rob, that's enough of that infomercial. Uh, Rob, really, really good to have you today. Uh, let me just let our audience know a little bit of background. Is um, So Rob is... Uh, CEO of Carbon Cure. Uh, Carbon Cure is on a mission to make concrete a climate solution, uh, which I, I love uh, the fact that the, the way that you're, you've framed your mission, that this is not um, to get concrete out of the way, it's actually to make concrete part of the solution. Um, and so you also say that reducing embodied carbon emissions in the built environment and transforming concrete plants into a worldwide network of carbon removal factories. Uh, so that's that is uh, that alone is really fascinating to me. The fact that like concrete can be part of the solution, uh, and so I love that that is your mission. I love that Carbon Cure is your name. And so please just tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this business. Sure, Drew, I'd be happy to do that. And thank you so much for coming on. I've uh, been reading newsletters for a long time now, and I'm really happy to connect in with you and your listeners. Um, a bit about myself: um, I'm the CEO and founder and chair of Carbon Cure. Carbon Cure was built off of my thesis uh, while I was studying and doing my graduate studies at McGill University uh, about a decade ago. And it was really on this concept of how we could change the paradigm of carbon dioxide. Most people rightfully think of it as a greenhouse gas. Um, but what we have discovered at that time was that you could also use it as a very important and value-added feedstock into making concrete. And with concrete being the most um most produced man-made material on the planet second only to drinking water it was an opportunity to have a really big impact but do it in a very practical way where we could actually make concrete better and be part of that solution uh, yeah and so how does your process work help us just sort of walk us through for those of us that you know the only thing we know about concrete is is maybe that you know we've seen one of those trucks that you have in the background there but uh, or maybe we've experimented with it at home but you know yeah. help us understand how that process works for you well i was uh, i was hoping you'd ask that so i put up this background on the video today so i could uh, have a bit of visuals to work with so this is a concrete plant behind me it's it's um uh, this kind of concrete plant is based here in Victoria, British Columbia, where I'm located. But it's uh, just about the same as any other concrete plant in the world. There's about 7,000 in the U.S. or about 125,000 worldwide. Um, so it's all around us, um, the product and in the um, and these plants, because concrete really has about a 45 minute shelf life after you've added water to the mix is, is there's so many of them because they have to be able to deliver that concrete from batching to the project site so quickly. So what we do is we work with existing concrete producers that are providing this essential building material and we introduce a new uh, ingredient into the mix. So in this case, we add carbon dioxide. That carbon dioxide is captured by other companies that um, 
that may capture that CO2 as a waste product from other industrial emissions like ethanol production or ammonia or refineries. Uh, and in some cases, direct air capture, which is something we've shown recently. That CO2 arrives on site, and then there's that tank as the one that you see right here behind me, where that CO2 tank, where that CO2 is stored on site. And that's where carbon cure comes in. We retrofit these plants with some electronics and gas handling equipment for that CO2 to be added into the mixer. So all the ingredients are added separately and they're mixed together to form concrete. So you have cement and aggregate and water are the main ingredients, now CO2. And once that CO2 is added, it causes a very beneficial reaction where it turns from a gas actually into a solid, a mineral. So it's permanently locked away from ever being reintroduced into the atmosphere. But it's not just turning into a rock, but it's also turning into this, this mineral, which is actually improving the strength of concrete. And that's really important because we want climate solutions to also be not only uh, good for the environment, but provide better products and also provide some economic benefits as well. So by using this technology and making these mineral carbonates, it increases the strength, it lowers the cost of production, and it allows concrete producers to differentiate themselves in the market. Because not only is there so much more construction happening right now, but everybody wants to buy something that's better for the environment. And this is a way that we can allow concrete producers to be able to meet that demand and save a few dollars at the same time. So today we're installed in a, uh, or today we've licensed this technology to just over 700 producers worldwide. Uh, our largest market's the United States, but we're selling into about 30 countries. Uh, so it's an idea and a technology that's really taken off. So, so just to put a point on that, so this is not a technology that is in the lab waiting to be proven, waiting to be commercialized. You guys are in the market. You've actually, you're, you're. I mean, that that's pretty astounding to me because i know that i mean concrete is such a known proven material that i think it would be really hard to break into in terms of adding a new ingredient uh so you guys have done that and are doing that as we speak around the around the world is that right absolutely and concrete producers all around the world are really have the same mindset they have a very um, conservative view on on business and and uh, certainly very very community oriented as well so they want to do well for the communities they serve but they don't have the luxury of a lot of other industries to have that sort of discretionary budget um, to apply for innovation or clean technologies. So you really have to develop the right business model and the technology that is a, a very simple, easy retrofit, but it's low risk and provides very quantifiable benefits. So these are all the kinds of constraints that you have to apply. But once you get it right, um, we found that word of mouth spreads very quickly within this community of concrete producers. And there's a very high willingness to be able to, to do right for the communities in which they serve. And they're, what we found is despite some of that tepidness to take on innovation, once it does get out there, then we found that, and it's proven, is that these producers are very, very willing uh, to adopt new technologies, but you just have to make it easy for them. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the partners that you already have uh, in terms of the concrete companies? Is that, is that a yeah. fair question? It's not a secret? Not at all. No, um, we really love to celebrate the, our producer partners, as we call them. It's because really they're the ones who are doing the hard work. It's one thing to develop an idea and create a technology, but there would be no environmental benefit if it wasn't for these producers to take on these new technologies and apply them. Um, so, like I said, there's over 700. So there's too many to list. Um, 
But we found that probably the biggest segment of the concrete industry that we work with are actually those regional producers and a lot of mom and pop sort of plants as well um, that are very, very um, connected in with their local community. And they're the ones that tend to be adopting quickly. I would recommend the best way to do that is to come onto our website and press the button that is called find a producer. And why I recommend that is because you can probably find a producer in your local uh, community or state um, that's already adopted this technology and you're probably not aware of it. Um, so depending on where you are, it's an opportunity for you to connect in with some of those concrete producers in, in your region. And, and talk to us a little bit. You've touched on it some, but I just want to kind of have a little bit more discussion around, you know, the emission reductions. I mean, why is this, why is this needed? Why is this technology so important? I mean, it's, it's novel, of course, that you're, you know, capturing carbon and putting it in concrete, but like, why is this so important? What does it matter? Yeah. Well, um, if, if you're familiar with sort of some of the climate statistics, there's um, just about 35, 40% of emissions are attributed to cities. Um, and cities use a lot of energy, but they also are built out of a lot of materials and they're continuing to grow very quickly. Um, the way that um, cities are, are growing at a rate today of adding a New York City every 30 days for the next 40 years. So just think about that and think about how many cities that or how many buildings and roads and schools and homes need to be built at that pace. Most of that is built out of concrete. And concrete has a very high emission intensity due, one, to its sheer volume. There's so much of it produced. Naturally, it's going to make emissions, but also because it uses cement. And cement is a carbon-intensive process uh, where a little less than one ton of CO2 is produced for every ton of cement that's that's uh, created. Now, of course, concrete's an essential material. We need it because it's a very durable product that will withstand the more severe climate and weather-related events, but it also lasts for decades. And these are all very good things for sustainability, but it's that carbon footprint that we need to solve for. So there's a lot of um, CO2 emissions that are attributed to cities and specifically concrete. So um, that's why it's such a big problem. If you think of it another way, is that if cement were a country, it would be the third largest emitter after China in the U.S. So 7% of worldwide emissions are attributed to this industry. Most people don't think about it, though, despite it being all around us. So that's why it's a big deal. We also don't have um, alternatives. So I think you work in the solar industry. Um, and obviously, solar is a, as an alternative to other forms of energy. But for concrete, it isn't as though we have another alternative just waiting to be used. You know, you can't build bridges or or high rises. Well, some people think they can, like out of other building materials. And essentially, concrete is really essential. So we need to be able to find a way to decarbonize it. And that's why we take the perspective of we want to embrace concrete, but we want to be able to help in its decarbonization transition by providing very practical technologies that allow them to decarbonize, save money, and actually make a better product. And we do that by actually using CO2 uh, rather than only emitting it um, in this industry. Yeah, that's what I, I really love about your process is the fact that, I mean, the, the reality is that the world is going to continue to grow, and especially the developing world is hungry to develop. And so when yeah. we think about, you know, your point about cities and the number of 
equivalent New York cities that we're adding every month. I mean, the, the, to ask them to simply not grow is, is, is really not part of uh, possible. And so, you know, instead you're providing a solution to help them grow, but help them grow in a way that is, is very sustainable using an existing product, but adding your element to it. So um, your point about developing uh, economies is so important. Like we, we could have wild success in the U S and still not really have a dent on the climate impact. So we need to be able to make sure that this technology is applicable in emerging markets as well. And I think we've done that, and we've also shown that. So within those 30 countries that we serve today, um, I don't know the exact number, but probably about a third or a half of them are emerging markets. So that's where all of the concrete is being poured today because they haven't built their infrastructure, and the population growth is much higher than some of the other developed economies so that's really where we need to have the biggest impact. We understand that. And we've really, really focused on deploying these technologies in those markets probably sooner than most most companies would. But part of the rationale for that is, is if we're really going to have that impact on the climate, we need to get in early, uh, so very quickly, and start deploying these technologies in those markets as well. Yeah. And talk about the economics, because, you know, obviously it has to be affordable here. It's got to be especially affordable in the developing world. Where where does your technology sort of sit in terms of um, does it make the product more expensive? Does it make it less expensive? Are there you know incentives in place? Um, how, do, how do the economics work around it? Probably before you even get to economics is it has to be safe. Um, no, no one wants to build a bridge that uh, there's, you know, undue risk that it might fall down or a, a school or a home. Um, so it's that public safety priority, which is always number one. And and that's that's the first and also easy. Uh, even if it did save money, if it was complex, uh, there's really no appetite in this industry. So it has to be easy. And then it also has to save him some money. Um, so th- these are all the constraints that you have to work with. So on this public safety side, as we we have developed this technology so it's compliant with codes and standards. And so we need to be able to make sure that it's a safe product and that meets all those existing regulations. Uh, and those are important steps. We also make it fully automatic. So it's a one-day retrofit. It um, It is an automatic process of adding CO2, just like you would add cement or aggregate or other chemical admixtures. So the batch operators and the truck drivers and the concrete finishers and contractors have no idea that CO2 has been added. And that's really important. So it's really a drop in addition to what they're doing today. And then finally, economics. Um, and this is where we put a lot of effort into providing this technology at such um, such a model where we don't charge any upfront fee. So it's like a, um, a reoccurring revenue model. Uh, like a cell phone plan, if you will, is you don't pay anything for the cell phone, but you you pay on a monthly basis for the use of this technology. But the best part is, is that it actually saves more than it costs. So that allows concrete producers to be able to provide a low carbon concrete product into the market at the same price as what they were prior to using Carbon Cure, but it has a lower carbon footprint. And we're able to do that by increasing the strength of the concrete which allows concrete producers to use a little bit less cement in every yard of concrete that they produce with carbon cure. And that cement savings not only provides that economic return, but it also doubles up on the carbon reductions. Because if you recall, uh, cement is is quite carbon intensive um, due to this calcination reaction that's required to make um, Portland cement. So by using less of it, you save money and you save carbon. And you unlock all of those benefits by actually mineralizing and permanently storing CO2 
in the concrete. So that's how all the technology works and how the business model works, but they're so interlinked is you can't have a great technology without having a really viable business model as well. And I don't believe there's a way that you can have an impact, a true scalable impact to decarbonize the built environment, unless you're able to offer it at price parity to what the, the current product offering is, which would be a traditional concrete product. So all these things have to come together, but when you get it right, as we've shown, it can really scale up quickly. Yeah. And so are, are you are you able to be economical without government incentives? Yeah, we don't receive government incentives at all. Um, there are some uh, procurement policies which we support, which do prioritize low carbon concrete procurement in government, uh, government projects, which is the largest purchaser of concrete. But we don't receive uh, government subsidies for the deployment of this technology. It's done on the basis of the the. Um, the production cost savings that are able to be received. And also it does generate some carbon credit revenue, which is sold in the voluntary carbon market, which also provides that economic benefit and incentive for concrete producers to adopt these kinds of low carbon technologies. Oh, interesting. That's, that's so great. Congratulations on that, on that business model. Um, so give us some examples of projects where your, where your, you know, technology is working well. Um, you know, you've, you've talked about the multiple countries that you're you're in, but, you know, it's a, give us some examples of projects, like bring it home for us. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, yeah. So I, I think what I first want to say is there's thousands and thousands of projects, like everything you can think of from high rise towers in Chicago, uh, Amazon HQ2, just out of D.C., where I believe you're located, um, yeah. uh, homes, um airports, um, hospitals, uh, really every kind of project that you can think of, uh, Carbon Cure has been used for those kinds of projects. But it always comes back to volume. And really what we want to think about is, is it's not about those signature projects as, as, as it is as much about volume. And most of the concrete is just simple things. It's it's sidewalks, it's home residential home foundations, it's fence post holes like it's the real basic stuff where it's where, where most of the volume is going and 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 that's where you have the climate impact it's not pursuing those those really high profile projects um alone which are always fantastic but it's about getting into as much concrete volume as you can and that's about having the right technology coupled with the right business model where it just makes economic sense to use it on everything and that's really what we're trying to unlock here and being able to replicate that in as many countries and, and market conditions as you can. And I, I think we're really starting to show that now as well. And that's a big priority for us is to make it work in the U.S. for as much concrete as possible, but as well as every other country. Yeah. What's holding you back? What's keeping you guys from, from growing faster? Well, um, this industry does have a... A, a sort of conservative mindset on technology adoption. So it seems as though every time we enter into a new market, you have to sort of prove it out uh, in local plants. And, and that's fine. We're okay to do that. That does sort of add a bit of time to things. Uh, once in a while, we do have some regulatory conformance work. So we have to go through that testing to enter into a, a new country. That slows things down a little bit. We are raising some capital right now to be able to bring more resources to bear, to be able to accelerate this process. But I don't think that there's any other low carbon technology in the concrete industry that's as grown as fast as we can. It's just an enormous market for us to be able to support. Uh, so it's going to take some time. But unfortunately, with climate, we don't have time. Um, so we have this decade for us to 
to have that impact that we're seeking to achieve, because uh, this is the period where we really need to make a dent in the emissions from this industry. Yeah, yeah. And what what about you know um, what's next on the horizon for you guys? I mean, it just it sounds like you've got this incredible solution for you know a global challenge uh, that makes up a you know a third of of emissions. Um, the fact that it's drop in, the fact that it's economical without government incentives. I mean, government incentives are helpful sometimes, but it, I, I know from experience, you know, having a business model that works without government incentives is key because uh, the government incentives can change. Um, so, you know, from from your perspective, um, you know, you must have a lot of things on your plate. Uh, I, I think you're about to head to an airport next, probably as a part of your fundraising process. But um, what, what's next on the horizon for you guys? I mean, what do you see as as the most exciting things in the coming year? Well, our North Star is 500 megatons of CO2 emissions per year. So that's what we're trying to achieve. So how do we do that? If you break it down, it's more innovation. So we really pioneered this space called CO2 utilization. So that's the idea of using CO2 practically to create value, and in our case, concrete. So by building it from the ground up as we really deeply know the science. So we're building other innovations that are complementary to what you see behind me that use CO2 in a concrete site to create more value and greater carbon reductions. So it's more innovation. So we're building a platform right now of other hardware solutions, which use more and more CO2. And one of them, which is what we call our reclaimed water technology, was the winner of the Carbon X Prize, which was a global competition that lasted five years. And the prize purse was about $20 million for that. So more hardware that uses more CO2 at every concrete plant, more digital solutions, which enable those technologies to be deployed more quickly and to be able to generate um, more transparency in the carbon uh, carbon impacts and concrete. Uh, another thing that we're doing is trying to expand the commercial deployment as fast and as far and wide as possible. So this means more deployment across the US, but also opening up many, many more markets. So Middle East, Europe, um, Latin America, Southeast Asia, East Asia, those are all all areas where we need to get and in, get into those 125,000 concrete plants. So more technology, more deployment. We're doing some vertical integration right now where we're looking to capture our own carbon dioxide to be able to streamline that process. So we are a turnkey solution of capturing CO2 and utilizing CO2 in a value added way. Um, and uh, also promoting a lot of policies, um, especially around green procurement. And uh, finally, promoting uh, high quality voluntary carbon markets, because that's also a key driver for our business, is making sure that we um, uh, that we maintain only the highest quality carbon credits, because uh, that um, that certainly drives the adoption of these kinds of technologies. Yeah. Well, you've got a, a lot on your plate, a lot of exciting things in your future, I can tell. Um, I think um, I, for one, would love to know, and maybe you can answer this offline, I'd love to know how to invest in your company. And I'd also love to know where I can get those carbon credits, because that's, that's uh, I, I think oftentimes when people think about carbon credits, they think about, you know, buying trees to offset carbon, which is great. Um, but this idea of like, you know, essentially taking CO2 and capturing it in, in concrete that's going to be there for a, a lifetime or more um, is, is pretty um, pretty amazing. So congratulations. I think the credit side is people also like to invest in their communities. So yeah. this is not a, a, a tree in a rainforest that may, may or may not burn. Or, and who knows if that's actually been protected is 
you can go down and see where that CO2 has been stored in, in your community. So we, please come to our website uh, for any more information on, on credits or where to buy carbon cure concrete. You can find all that information there. Uh, and uh, always happy to talk about investment as well. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. I was going to ask you, um, you know, just uh, again, reiterate your website for folks who want to learn about it. I was I was there last night and uh, a lot of good, helpful information. So resources and uh, more about your process. So your website again is? Uh, www.carboncure.com. The company's name is Carbon Cure. And um, we'd be happy to have you there. And if you have any questions, please let us know. Great. Well, thank you, Rob. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for joining Tech Voices. Uh, I know our audience always loves to learn about new technologies and um, and just innovations that are happening across the market space. And so I, I look forward to watching you as you grow and as you expand your business across the globe. And I uh, definitely wish you all the success. Thanks so. very much, Drew. It's been a really pleasure to be here with you and uh, this opportunity to speak to your listeners. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for your time. And yeah, for those listeners, thanks for listening. If you liked this interview, uh, please share it uh, on the video, the social media and so forth. Uh, subscribe to our news magazine. As Rob said, he's a subscriber. It's yep. free. It's painless. We only send you, I think, four, maybe five emails a month. Uh, no advertisements and just try to provide valuable insights and information to what's happening in the clean tech space, uh, energy environment uh, writ large. So anyway, thank you again for your time. This has been Tech Voices and I'm Drew Bond, the CEO and founder of C3 Solutions. And this is Rob Niven. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks.